Coming up on this episode of the runningrestaurants.com podcast, I interview David Friedman, CEO of CultureWise and author of the book Culture by Design. Absolutely 100% spot on stuff here about the importance of culture as a driver to your restaurant or organization success. You do not want to miss this. Check it out. All right. Welcome to the runningrestaurants.com podcast, where we bring you the tips, tools, and techniques you need to make your restaurant more profitable and successful. I'm your host, Jamie Oikel. And today we've got a great episode featuring David Friedman, CEO of CultureWise and author of Culture by Design, as well as the book Fundamentally Different. Uh, David, totally looking forward to this because believe it or not, all these years, we've never actually done a session just on culture. Wow. Is that something that you've seen as common you know, restaurants and organizations just kind of forget to specifically talk about this stuff? What do you think? Well, I'd say, Jamie, it's, that has changed. So I would say that was true five years ago, but in the last five years, people have really woken up about culture. And probably one of the best indicators of that is I do tremendous numbers of talks around the country to typically CEO groups of not just restaurants, but in all different industries. And what I find is that five or 10 years ago when I would do these talks, I would begin a talk by spending some time explaining and reviewing with people why culture was so important. These days, when I start a talk, the way I usually start a talk is I'll ask the audience members, they'll say, hey, look, let's cut through the crap. Let's just be really honest with each other. Is this culture stuff a bunch of fluff or does it really matter? Like, why should we even bother talking about it? And you should see how animated and passionate most CEOs get. All of a sudden they're saying, you get, it's the most important thing in my company. You, got, you better believe it. It's, it's our strategic advantage. And they get really animated talking about how important culture is. And that wouldn't have happened five or 10 years ago. But now it's, it's a hot topic for people. Yeah, quick question for you. So uh, anything change? Because still we still have a COVID mindset here. We're June. Hopefully yeah. we are getting towards the end of that stuff. But, but let's just touch that since, since it's in top of mind for everybody, restaurant and, and otherwise related. Anything change COVID what related to think more about culture or just getting through getting through the daily life? What have, what have you seen over the last year? What I would say, Jamie, that I've seen is that there definitely has been an increased focus on culture. And I would say that's that that's caused by two different things. The first thing is that when a company, I'm going to describe a a growth pattern that companies go through and then how COVID relates to that. So when a company is small, whether it's a restaurant or any other kind of company, when it's small, it could get away with not being so intentional about culture because, hey, there's only five or 10 or 15 people and they see the owner every day and they pick up the vibe or the, the, the example that the owner sets and it's mostly good enough to get the job done. But as a company grows and it goes from five or 10 or 15 people to maybe 50 or 100 or 200 or has multiple locations, all of a sudden, those people aren't all seeing the, you know, the leader, the manager, the owner anymore. And so his or her example isn't enough to carry the day anymore. Well, COVID forced that dynamic on everybody. So whether you're a small, medium or large, we couldn't rely anymore on just mere physical presence being enough to carry the day, if we don't have some more systematic way to create and drive and embed the culture that we want, all of a sudden with everybody working from home, it got lost by people. So, so, so in one way, the pandemic has forced an increased level of intensity or, or interest in culture because our people are no longer together and the worry or the fear of leaders is, how do I preserve? I used to be proud of my culture. 
Now I'm worried that with our people not together, it might get lost or diluted and how do I protect that? So that's one piece. I think the second piece that's interesting that, that the pandemic highlighted about culture, and this is kind of interesting, is less so in, in, in I apologize for this, because it's less so in the, in the restaurant industry, but in others, most employers are now competing to attract talent from across the country and even the world. So when, we, when people were physically together in a local marketplace, you know, I was, I was competing to get employees from my local community. But as we learned that we can actually work from home, now it's hard again in the restaurant industry to work from home, but for many others, now that we're all working from home, I could live anywhere, anywhere literally around the world. And so if I'm competing for talent with employers everywhere across the globe, I better darn well be sure that I've got a culture that can really drive success in my company. And so it's really highlighted that. Now, again, in a restaurant, obviously I need to physically be there. Remote workers in the restaurant industry, I'm assuming don't, doesn't fly very well, but for many others, it becomes a big deal. Well, you know, but you know what, let's, let's talk about the competition for, for, for staff, because that is actually a gigantic uh, issue for restaurants. You know, you talked about attracting people in restaurants. It's the number one thing you're seeing across every media platform, restaurants and, and retail workers are really struggling to find workers. And we talked about this a little bit in a session uh, a couple of weeks ago and how you can attract and retain and things like that. But how do you think about a business, uh, using culture to attract people to them rather than not always having to pre desperately place a help wanted ad when, you know, when you need a warm body, cause you don't want a warm body that you have to, you know, get rid of. Yes. What do you, what do you think about culture as part of recruiting? There's no question, Jamie, that it's actually one of the most important. It's not a minor thing. It's one of the most important things in recruiting. I mean, you look at almost every study that any research study you look at that, that examines what are the top, factors that cause somebody to want to go to work for a company and also to stay in that company because we not only need to recruit people but we need to keep them one of the most important factors is how do they feel about the culture do they feel like they're part of something do they feel connected to that culture the more they feel that the more likely they're coming to this company as opposed to somebody else obviously we have to pay them appropriately but every single study says money is not the number one thing that drives people to go to work for somewhere. And, and I think this has actually always been true, but you look at the younger workforce, those entering the workforce today of the, the, you know, the younger generations, it's more true for them than it's ever been for previous generations, that they will go to work and stay at work at a company when they feel aligned with what that culture is about. And that's more important to them than money. Huge issue. Yeah, listen, I want I, I want to come back to that that piece of it you, because the staff again is such, such an important piece, and I think we're going to hit a lot of things about culture that make it important. But let's take let's take two steps back because you, you, you this David David presents all over the place, keynote speakers, and he talks about this stuff all the time. But if we were to back up, and and you probably have a slide somewhere that says what is culture? Like yeah. what 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 is culture? Like how how do you think about what should people be be thinking? Yeah, about a so of and and I'll, I'm gonna. It's a great question you're asking, and it's important because. We have a lot of different ideas of what that means. So some people, when they hear the word culture, what they're envisioning is, you know, the company that has, you know, free drinks and has pizza on Fridays and a ping pong table in the reception area. That's not culture. To me, culture is the set of behaviors that become the norms for how people operate in that organization. 
And so I am very behavioral oriented in everything that I talk about. That culture isn't necessarily pixie dust that we sprinkle over people and, oh, look at this magic environment. Culture is the behaviors that people do. If I walk into an organization, whether it's a restaurant, a hotel, or any other kind of company, I walk into that organization and I observe the way people relate to each other, the way they behave with customers, the way they behave with vendors and suppliers. Those behaviors tell me what the culture is. So culture is all about behavior. Question for you. You talk about, I was on your site. David's got a great site. We'll get to it. It's culturewise.com. But um, you talk about behaviors as those fundamentals that drive success in, in, in an organization. Yes. Um, build on that. Like fun, the fundamentals, like how, yeah. how, where do they come from? How do you piece them together? What's, what's the thought process there? Yeah. So, so let me say that, that when we talk about, I mean, sort of give context to all this for your audience. So culture is the behaviors that, that, that are existing in a company. And and the culture of the organization has an enormous influence over every single thing that happens in that company. So when, if, if you're a restaurant owner or owner of any kind of business and you think about, I want to constantly improve, the single biggest lever that you have available to you, the, the lever that you can pull that's going to touch on more parts of your organization than any other single thing is the culture. You get that culture right, it'll drive Attract, it'll drive how, your ability to attract and retain people like we were just talking about. It'll drive how people treat your customers. It'll drive how people work together as teammates. It'll drive how hard they work, whether they show up, how they show, it drives every part of your company. So nothing could be more important to your success than get your culture right. Now, when we talk about that, I my point of view is understanding just what a driver of performance it is if I'm the owner or manager of a restaurant or any other business, I should be as intentional and systematic as I can possibly be about creating the culture that I want instead of hoping it's gonna work out. And by the way, this is a really interesting point that if you don't do that, you're a leader, you own a restaurant and you're not purposely creating your culture, guess what? The culture's gonna happen anyway. It's not, like it's not gonna happen. There's gonna be a culture and it's mostly going to be driven by those people in your restaurant who just happen to have the strongest personalities. And those people, by the way, aren't necessarily your supervisors and managers. They're just people with strong personalities. And if those people happen to be wonderful people, you're lucky. But if some of those strong personalities in your restaurant happen to be jerks with cynical attitudes, they're going to influence the people around them to be jerks with cynical attitudes. Uh, attitudes, and you're going to end up not having the kind of culture you want. So my point of view is you should be really intentional about yeah. that. Now, if we talk to answer your question more directly, so how do you do that? So I organize the steps that it takes to be really systematic around a culture, around a framework that I call the eight-step framework. Eight different things. If you do these eight things, this is how you purposely create the culture that you want. And while all of the eight steps are important to, for your audience sake, I'm gonna simplify this to two things that if you do these two things, this is gonna make all the difference in your restaurant. The first thing is how you go about defining, well, what is the culture that we wanna have in this restaurant? Because if you can't define what you're trying to create, well, you're not gonna be able to create it very effectively. And to do that, I, this is a place where I'm going to depart from most of the things that your listeners have heard or read or seen before. So when we talk about defining a culture, I mentioned before that I, I think in terms of behavior, 
I make a really big deal about the difference between what I call values and what I call behaviors, because they're very different. A value is an abstract concept. So values are things like quality, integrity, service, respect. These are ideas. A behavior, in contrast, is an action. It's something that I can literally see people doing. So some of the behaviors that I teach in my own company are things like honor commitments. That's something you actually do. Practice blameless problem solving. Get clear on expectations. Listen generously. These are things people do. And so a value is an abstract idea where a behavior is an action. And the reason that distinction is so important is that everybody loves to talk about their core values, but those values tend to be so abstract that they mean too many different things to different people and they become very difficult for an owner or manager to operationalize. Any of your listeners, if you've ever tried to coach people about their values, that's really hard to do. We all have different ideas of what they mean. A behavior though, because it's action oriented, is a lot easier to teach and coach and guide and give people feedback about. So, I, so the first thing we have to do is to define the culture that we want in this restaurant by, by defining the behaviors that you as a leader say, if I could get all of my people doing these things consistently, watch out, we're gonna be amazing. And I give those behaviors a name. It's just my own nomenclature. I call them fundamentals because they're fundamental to success. So that's where we come up with these fundamentals are what are the behaviors that you say drive success? So that's the first thing that has to be done. The second thing that has to be done and this is really simple. It's a concept that I call creating rituals. So a ritual is a routine, it's a habit. People come into the restaurant, there are certain things you do, certain ways that you do things. The reason that rituals are so important is that in the absence of a ritual, we get bored and distracted and things don't last. Most human beings stink at sticking with things. We come up with all kinds of, you know, the diet and exercise program, the new initiative at work that we're really determined to do, and then we get busy and it falls by the wayside and becomes the flavor of the month. When something becomes part of our routine, it's just the way we do things, it's no longer difficult to do. It's just part of our routine. So the way to use that concept in your restaurant, your culture, is you create this set of fundamentals, these behaviors I was just describing, and you focus on one of them every single week through a series of rituals. So week number one, everybody in the restaurant all week long is hyper-focused on this one particular behavior or fundamentals, I call it. The week after that, everybody in the restaurant is focused on fundamental number two. And the week after that, three and four and five and so on, you cycle through them. So let me give you a simple example in a restaurant of how you might do this. So I imagine that many in your restaurants probably have some kind of a daily huddle or shift meeting at the beginning of a shift the members of the team get together and talk about okay what do we got going on today who's doing what well you could take that daily shift meeting and every day this week spend three minutes talking about our fundamental of the week so if we if this week we're on a particular fundamental if in every shift meeting we spend three minutes talking about it and exploring what does it mean how could we do it better what could we do to practice it more did it just come up with one of our guests yesterday? And just talk about it for a few minutes. And if you did that every single day this week, you got a lot of chances to get that sinking into people. 
And if you do that same thing with fundamental two next week and number three the next week, and you keep cycling through them over and over and over again, sooner or later, these fundamentals, as I call them, become internalized in your workers and they start to become second nature. So the really simple idea here is if you can define in really clear terms, those behaviors that drive success in your restaurant, those things that you say, if we could get our workers to do these things consistently, we'd be taking no prisoners. If you can articulate those clearly and then create a structured way to teach and focus on one at a time every single week and do that over and over and over and over again, those behaviors are gonna to start to become second nature and become your culture. Is that simple? Yeah, yeah. Well. It's it's not that it sounds simple, right? And it, yeah. it, it, it could be simple <laughs> implement, and yet folks don't do it. And I wanna I wanna highlight a story that, that I saw that echoes that. And uh, I was uh, you actually started talking about it. I was it was where I was just starting to write notes on it, but you you got there yourself. Um, that pre shift restaurants restaurants do pre shift, mm -hmm. and there's a there's a gentleman who I'm hopefully going to interview next week. And I was on his website mm -hmm. as restaurant up in up in uh, uh, northern northern Florida. And right on their website, their Facebook, they talked about doing the, the pre-shift meeting, which is, again, that short meeting uh, mm -hmm. where you're talking about the specials of the day and getting the team, getting the whole team engaged and on board with what's going on. And so many restaurants don't do so, so many do, but so many don't take that opportunity to do it every day because they think it's onerous or, or too much to do. But you pointed to something that I want to go back to. I wrote it down. Three minutes. Oh, good. It's oh. Oh man, I don't. I mean, I, I don't need an hour speech. Uh, I'm nervous. I don't, I I I only I only have to come up with three minutes of content. So sure. so that's 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 really the tip you're giving them. Like don't don't go crazy about it. Spend three to five minutes on it, and you can get really get that rolling. Is that fair? Absolutely. The shorter the better. A few minutes, just for a few minutes, we stop and talk about it. That's easy to do. You know, I'll give you a great example, Jamie, of, of actually how I learned all this stuff. So and it comes from the hospitality industry. I learned this many years ago in an experience. I was running a previous company that I had built and we were all about customer service. That was all of our success. And I was always wanting to push the envelope of how we could be better about customer service. And so what I did, um, I'm, we talked earlier, I'm in Southern New Jersey, just outside of Philadelphia. And what I did is I closed my entire office down and we, I chartered a couple of buses and my whole staff jumped on these buses and we drove from my office over to Center City, Philadelphia. And we spent the day at the Ritz-Carlton. Like what better place to talk about service than a Ritz-Carlton? And, and we, we had lunch there. And then the plan was we were gonna spend the afternoon in a meeting room doing some brainstorming about amazing service. And, and so I didn't know that much about Ritz-Carlton at the time. This goes back almost 20 years ago. I didn't know that much about them other than that they had this reputation for amazing service. And I was guessing, though I didn't really know, but I was guessing it couldn't have been by accident. It couldn't have been, you know, they just seemed to hire some really nice people and everything worked out okay. There's gotta be, there must be systems and processes behind the scenes that enable them to do this stuff so consistently. So I called them and I asked them if during lunch, they could have someone come and share with us some of these behind the scenes practices that make them so successful. And they of course did. And they had a woman and she, from their HR department, I think it was, and she told us about two things in particular that they do that changed the course of the rest of my career and led to all of the stuff that I'm sharing with you and that I teach to so many others. So the first thing is Ritz Carlton has something that's known as their basics. These are 20 behaviors that are, they have them on a little laminated card and they're numbered one through 20. 
And these are called their basics. So these are very simple things that your restaurant owners would relate to. So one of their basics is if I was at a Ritz Carlton and I asked, where's the men's room? They would never say to me, you go down the hall, you turn right it's back there by the elevator. They would escort me back to the men's room. That's one of the things that they do. They have a basic that's called notice and record guest preferences. So if you went to a Ritz Carlton, Jamie, and you happen to like your coffee black, somebody's paying attention to that and they write that down, they put it in their computer. And the next time you're at a Ritz Carlton, everybody there knows Jamie's here, he's, he likes his coffee black. They pay attention to this stuff. So these 20 different behaviors that are called their basics, they're numbered one through 20. But here's the real beauty of this, and it's what we were just referring to. They have a ritual and their ritual is called the daily lineup, very similar to a pre-shift meeting. Every single day in every Ritz-Carlton property in the world, in every department and in every shift, the team members get together at the beginning of the shift and they have their, their sort of pre-shift meeting is called the daily lineup. It's about 10 or 12 minutes. And the first thing they do in their daily lineup each day is they talk about the basic of the day. So remember I said there's 20 of them. If, this, if I happen to be sitting in a Ritz-Carlton right now and we were on day number one, all day long today in every department, in every shift, team members are getting together and they're spending a couple minutes at the beginning of their shift talking about basic number one. What does it mean? How do we practice it? What could we do better? Did it just come up with a guest? Just a few minutes and then they move on with whatever's relevant in their department. But all across the property today, every single one of them is in a shift meeting talking about basic number one. Tomorrow, everybody's in a shift meeting talking about number two. And the day after that, number three and four and five and so on, they happen to have 20. So at the end of 20 days, they go back to the beginning and they do it over and over and over again every day of their entire career. And get this, by the way, if this happens to be, I don't know, day number seven, it's day number seven in every Ritz-Carlton property in the world today. They have roughly 40,000 employees in something like 35 countries and hundreds of properties. And today, every single one of their employees in every place and around the world, all those 40,000 people, they're all in a daily lineup today talking about the same basic. That's how you get consistent. Yeah, the over and over part is, is very interesting. Some people say, hey, we covered that once. You got it, right? And well, you forget, yeah. especially in hospitality and restaurants, well, Tina wasn't in today. She had this and Jimmy missed it and so forth. And, and so how do they get that training? Well, they might have missed it this, this go around day seven, but they're on shift next day seven and, and so forth. Yeah. And I'm sure in this case, they have, they have a way to, to, to even get it to those folks. But, but that over and over, that repetition builds the rituals that, that you talked about. Um, and it's so dramatic and it's so impactful over, over, over time. And Ritz Carlson does absolutely has that reputation of being, yeah. being just uh, the, the, the top level of service across the country. Let's go, let's go to your book. We could, I, I we could try to go to screen share or maybe you have a, a copy of it uh, right nearby. You can hold up, but probably uh, do. Yeah. you know, cult culture by design. Uh, that's uh, yeah. your, your, there we your, go. Your, your, your late, your latest book. There yes. There it is. Culture by, yeah. So there's two books I've written, actually three. So the first book was called Fundamentally Different, and it was really a book about the original set of fundamentals that I created in my first company. So all the things that I teach came from this company. It was an employee benefits consulting company I was that I, I built and led to uh, a little over 100 people before we sold it. And all of our success was based on our culture. And I wrote a book about that culture called Fundamentally Different. That book led to people asking me to speak about this and then led to people hiring me. And so 
I created this whole process that we've been talking about that we've now done for over 400 different organizations in almost every industry you can think of, including restaurants. And the, the, the methodology for how to do that is written in the second book, Culture by Design. The third book is just an updated edition of that. But Culture by Design is the book. It gives you the blueprint for exactly how to do this in great detail. And that book is in all forms. It's in uh, paperback, ebook, and it's actually audiobook too. So if members of your audience prefer to listen, uh, you can download it on Audible as well. Did you do the audio or did someone else? Uh, oh, it has to be me. Yeah. I can't imagine somebody else doing my <laughs> material. It's so personal for me. So that's no, what I, I, that's what I was thinking. Studio, I, and, and actually, I, I did the audio book for the first book, Fundamentally Different as well. Yeah, that, that would that would be kind of interesting. Uh, I hadn't thought about it before, but yeah, imagine, imagine you listen to some uh, someone else. Uh, I don't think I could do that. It's, it's, the material <laughs> is so personal of mine talking that in your voice. Uh, nobody can do my material like me. Yeah, and, and and just a quick question for you. Uh, just uh, just curious. Uh, COVID probably impacted you in terms of in in person presentations. Have you continued to do uh, stuff online? Are you getting back to uh, traveling and whatnot? Yeah. So it was a year of very little travel. I'm used to traveling around the country, speaking to groups, and and working with clients. And so yeah, we were pretty much homebound. But I did a whole lot of virtual presentations. Mm -hmm. I mean, I my normal workshops are usually three hour workshops with CEOs. And I probably did 50 or 60 of those on Zoom. Wow. So I learned how to do it that way, but I'm excited to be getting ready to hit the road. So not next week, the week after I'm in Cleveland and Milwaukee and the week after that, I'm in Lansing, Michigan and Detroit and a few other cities. And so I'm back on the road this month. Yeah. All right. Getting, getting those reservations yes. back in, back in line. I, I, have, I have a question for you that relates to, something I saw on your website, you, you know, you, you talk about the in-person stuff and the training, but it seems like online you're starting, or maybe, I don't know, starting is not the right word, but you have a program now that it's almost like a computer-based or app-based, I'm not sure, where you can sure. deliver this stuff to people uh, and they can consume it kind of bite size. Is that like, what does that look like? What's Yeah, let me explain there? that. So um, there's two parts to that. So first of all, I've created a mobile app called CultureWise and that mobile app, and it's, it's on, Android store and, and Apple, that app is a tremendous tool for a company to deliver their fundamentals and content around their fundamentals every single day and engage their workforce. So our clients are practicing their fundamental every week and every week on their phone, they get a push notification with a daily quick tip, a little insight to remind them of some aspect of this week's fundamental. Every week they get a message with a lesson about the fundamental. There are video tutorials about the fundamental that are on their phone. There are coaching tips and teaching points and questions for discussion and even gamification. So there's all kinds of ways that the mobile app enables them and their employees to engage and explore and talk about the fundamental in so many different ways. So it's a great engagement tool. In addition to that though, I've created a program, really a platform that I call, it's called the standard version of CultureWise where a company, what I've done is having done this with hundreds and hundreds of companies, it won't surprise you to know that the same kinds of fundamentals come up over and over and over again across industries. So what I've done is I've built a program uh, that, and you can see it on the website, but I've built a program where a company can sign up and it, the system brings them to, I call it my greatest hits, the best fundamentals I've ever written. And the company can choose from those fundamentals the ones that most resonate for them. 
So instead of reinventing the wheel, you know, the same stuff comes up all the time. Why don't you just use the stuff that's already there? So the system allows a company to come in, choose the fundamentals that most resonate for them, and then the system coaches them through how to roll it out to their employees, how to create weekly rituals, and how to get up and running on the mobile app. And in 30 days, from start to rolling it out, in 30 days, they're up and running practicing their fundamentals. And they have coaching from my team on the phone, phone as well. So it's just a very simple turnkey solution for your audience members to just say, you know what, boom, in 30 days, I'm practicing fundamentals. Yeah, it's just, it's, it sounds like an easy way to get started. If you're, if you're thinking, easy. oh man, I got to build uh, manuals and processes and shoot my own videos and talk and this and that, it's, you know, kind of like a turnkey and get started. I like it. Exactly. In 30 days, they're up and running and it's really, it's ex extraordinarily affordable too. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're definitely going to point people there. Uh, I'll mention it now, you know, culturewise.com. We'll hit it at the end. Um, the uh, kind of last question as we, as we start to wrap, because we, we talked about this a, a little earlier, hiring people. Um, let's your last, your last kind of parting thoughts. Uh, what are some keys to avoiding bad hires, especially now when there's very, you don't want to be tempted that there's limited people and just take them. How do you avoid uh, bad hires with the thought process that, you know, that's going to kind of just really stick a, stick a, a knife in your culture. If you, if you make the wrong choices, what do you think? Yeah, that's a great question, Jamie. And, and I would tell you that, that earlier I referred to the eight step framework, the eight different things. And we focused on two of them, but one of those eight steps is what I call selecting. How do you select people who are going to be a good fit in your culture? And so you're raising a really important question that if we bring in people who aren't going to be a good fit, we're never going to be successful. And that's not, that's, it's, that's, it's not always easy to figure out. And even when we figure it out, you made a very important point. It's so tempting sometimes to either think I'm going to change this person. Mm -hmm. I know they're not a good fit, but I bet I could change them. And I've got to tell you, the chances of that are really slim. We don't change many people. They are who they are. Mm -hmm. Or the, the equally important challenge that we all face is particularly right now. I mean, we've always faced this, but particularly right now, you referred to earlier the challenge that all of these hospitality workers, every company, but especially in hospitality have in finding anybody to hire. And so we're so tempted, you know, somebody will fog a mirror and we think, bring them in because we got to get them. And I sometimes say it feels like we're comparing this candidate who we're interviewing, we're comparing them to an empty chair. Compared to an empty chair, that guy looks damn good. Mm -hmm. Is he really what we were looking for? No. And it's so tempting to bring those people in. But I would tell you, you would be better off having an open spot and not being able to do what you need to do than to bring in somebody who's not the right fit. Because that person who's not the right fit is going to destroy your company. There is nothing more important than you can do than get the culture right. And you can't get the culture right with the wrong people. But it's, that's, again, easier said than done. Totally want to be really candid about this. It's nice to say that in the theoretical world. But in the real world where every one of us exists, we are fighting for people. And we are yeah. trying to serve our customers. And we're frustrated that we can't find the right people. And we get so tempted to bring in those people just because I got to fill a spot. And all I can say to you is there's very few things you can do more important than be disciplined about this. And rather see you not have the people you need than bring in people who aren't going to be a fit because you'll never build the, or, the restaurant or hospitality business you want with the wrong people. Yeah. I'll, I'll make a comment about that. You may know this better than me. I was talking to a woman who 
had worked for Chick-fil-A for most of her career in corporate, and we know how good they are. And she said to me that one of the single biggest things that they focus on is hiring, and they will leave a position open for a year rather than fill it with somebody who's not the right fit. They're just so rigorous about, they will, they'd rather leave the position open. They're not gonna put somebody into a position that they don't think is gonna be a fit. You know, it's funny, somewhere, somewhere in my notes, I had, had written uh, the question, then you already, you already answered it. I said, is it possible to change somebody? <laughs> you say, you may think Rarely. so, but man, it's, it really doesn't happen, right? It, 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 I always say to people, about two out of every hundred times it'll work. Mm -hmm. So you're betting against the odds. It's not impossible, yeah. but you're yeah. betting heavily against the odds. Yeah, you are. So I'm gonna put this up here if it works. Is that, do I have everything spelled right there? I know I don't you have the do. capitals, but. You do. All right. So culturewise.com, anything else you want to point them to? Is there a download here or there or a mobile you, site, social stuff, anything else? If best place is culturewise.com because on there, on that site, there are many videos. I have a lot of videos that explain things in very simple ways. So there's a tremendous amount of learning, all done in very simple, easy to understand ways. But the website's the best place to go. Okay, perfect. Yeah, yeah. The site actually is good. He's got a lot. It does have a lot of video on there. Very well produced stuff. So, uh, oh, I, I feel like we could talk about this for for several hours. Uh, but we'll, we'll we'll start to wrap. I appreciate you uh, being with me here today, David. All right, folks. That was David Friedman of CultureWise. Uh, make sure to check out David's book, Culture by Design. Uh, visit their website at culturewise.com uh, for more great restaurant. Uh, let me get me up there for a second. For more great restaurant operations, service, uh, marketing, tech tips, as well as people tips, stay tuned to runningrestaurants.com. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much. Great to be with you.